I wanted the Cupid to shoot two boys. Yeah. If you can't do it in your play, can you do it in my actual life? <laughs> <laughs> From Fed Bear Studios in hot and humid New York City, welcome to Cue the Music, the podcast of queer musicians chatting with queer musicians. Mm. We are your hosts, Katie and Shia, joined today by Nati Fogel. Mm, I love it hot and humid. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Tell us about your music. We were just listening to some before recording, and it's hot. Hot? Like hot and sexually? Stuff. Yes. <laughs> yes. Thank you. I love that I can um, get hotness across while singing about self-loathing and depression. That's, I feel, an accomplishment. So thank you. <laughs> it's just emanating gay. Yay. <laughs> well, that's good. I guess we've said all that we need to about my music. It's, <laughs> it's deep and dark and difficult and yet weirdly hot at the same time. Well, tell us about... Yeah. Your genesis in music. Ooh. Yeah, what is, see, speaking on this biblical theme, what is <laughs> what is Nati's genesis through music? We were just talking about the etymology of my name and how Nati comes from Hebrew, Nataniel, which is where Nathaniel comes from, and it means gift of God. So I think, you know, to that very humble point, uh, <laughs> I was I was making music since I was a tiny little baby. I would memorize entire operas and musicals as a tiny little baby. And on my own time, you could catch me neglected in the kitchen listening to opera conducting with chopsticks. So (laughs) I loved violin. I loved Impressionist and Romantic violin music. So when asked about maybe an instrument to study, I chose violin and started that at four. And... um, slipped into learning songs on the side because passion for me was songwriting and and songs. Like it wasn't just learning pieces that other people had written. I really had to tell stories and I would cheat on the violin with the piano since the piano was obviously way better as a songwriting instrument. Um, There's so much, there's so many story, like layers and stories in the genesis of my musical development, but suffice to say, I came out of the songwriting piano playing closet just in time for school, and I went to conservatory for classical music, dropped out, apprenticed a Broadway musical theater composer for a year, transferred to NYU where I studied more contemporary music and went from music nerd moment, went from fixed dough to movable dough, which was kind of better for me as a nomadic songwriter. My first job after NYU was touring solo headlining concert in China. I did 16 provinces. I also speak Mandarin. I came back, went, came back to the city, went full force into the cabaret and the indie world and woke up one day and just, just thought like, I've, I've experienced a lot. Like I need to just get this shit on tape because it's too, it's too much just living and gigging nonstop just to stay alive. I need to put the stuff on a record somewhere and actually release it, which is what I did this year for the first for real, for real time. And it was crazy and insane because this record took ages and lots of grants and lots of fundraising. But it's out. It's called Serving Body. It's super fussy and detailed and orchestral and intense. And there have been three videos associated with only the six songs already. Yeah. Wow. That's, I don't know. Yeah, wow. I gave, you, I gave you the whole journey. And now that I'm ready. That's pretty amazing. Now yeah. I'm here and ready for the next step. 
Could you tell us <laughs> about Serving Body? Yeah. What, what is this album? I don't what? know. What is Serving Body? You'll have to listen to it and get back to me. It's so, it's for, it's for the listeners. What is the artist's statement? My artist statement is, is that I worked really hard to make it and I think it's delicious and <laughs> I think, um, <laughs> delicious. Yeah, I think it's delicious. I think it's a, it's a six course meal. Every course is very rich and it's, it's romantic and gritty and complex and sexy and neurotic and every song I mean the first song is Cannibal and we did a music video a Hansel and Gretel concept where I was Hansel but there was no Gretel obviously and instead of a witch it was a warlock played by Colby Keller who's a big gay porn star and that was the first intro like Cannibal was the first single that was the first video entering the world of serving body in this you know like subtly elegant homoerotic cannibalistic context so you're already already serving body establishes this this strange kind of surreal fantasy world that's also rich with like deep intense internalized gay emotions so yeah so taking so hot yeah so kind of like what i what i do i mean i write songs with like you know, t- 45 chords in them and strange ch- key changes and fussy lyrics that can be read backwards and forwards. And so the idea is that when you, when you step into my music, whether it's the single or the whole record, you're getting this very rich Fantasia, this separate parallel universe where it's safe to explore all the deep, dark, crazy emotions that in daily mundane life you don't really get to honor. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, wow. Um, so you said you started when you were four. Yeah. Um, and you kind of were just really, really already wanting to do music. Mm-hmm. Um, is your mother musical or anyone else in your My family musical? My mother is musical. She was a classical pianist and she went to the high school for performing arts. She was always pretty shy on stage, but she would con- she conducted, obviously had it in my blood, like I was picking up the chopsticks, doing whatever, maybe some foreshadowing for the China tour. Um, but she would conduct her high school orchestra. So there was something, she never wrote music, um, but her father, my Saba, which is Hebrew for grandpa, um, David Niv, who died when I was an infant, he wrote songs for the Zionist movement and for the freedom fighting movement before Israel was a nation. When anti-Semitism was sweeping all of Europe, he would write songs of solidarity and encouragement and fire for his fellow soldiers when they were imprisoned. And one of those songs became a national anthem. It was called him They Will Never Break Us. And he edited it he edited the Yiddish folk song anthology. And that song has its own park named after it and it plays in a lot of museums in Jerusalem. So I never got to meet the one person in the family who also wrote songs, but there's clearly something in there. And what I love about that is that he didn't just write songs about love to make people happy or to sell perfumes. He wrote very serious political music to engage and inspire people to keep the faith. What is the political bent of your music? Yeah. And do your politics play into your music yeah, making? They absolutely do, hopefully insidiously and in ways mm. that people only pick up on later. Like the queer agenda should be delicious and um, jump jump out at you when you least expect it. So, um, 
you know, this uh, is like a really good first date. Because I, listen, I love getting, you know, branded as, as queer and gay because it is who I am. And I'm very proud. And obviously I'd love for us to get to the point where that's not a unique trait. And, you know, where I don't have to be told by other gay musicians or gay industry figures that just all sorts of bullshit. I'll name like the top two. One, would you consider yourself a gay artist or an artist who happens to be gay? That's one. And then what's what then then the second one is come out with some material that's neutral first and th- so you can get everyone on board and then you can throw the pronouns in and it's like oh my god well <laughs> i roll no, no, no. i mean and and you just have to re- so speaking of sp- about spirituality you have to love and respect those people because they are afraid and a lot of those a lot of those statements are coming from whether they're from straight or queer people they're just afraid for you and they just i mean if we weren't afraid in the arts in commerce we wouldn't be coming out with Spongebob the Musical and, like, <laughs> Mean Girls 3 and whatever. Obviously, people are afraid to take the tenth risks. The Batman. Right? But that's <laughs> also why people have been lining up for months to see the David Bowie exhibit, which just closed at the Brooklyn Museum, who I have the same birthday with and the same rising side with. So I feel this like, constant spiritual push from Uncle Bowie to just go, well, okay, people are afraid they don't want to take risks. That's what you're here for. Take the risk. Prove them wrong. Roll your eyes when they say some bullshit and keep it moving. So I guess my, my follow-up question yeah. to what you just said is how does your queerness influence your music? Yeah. Is it queer is the music? I guess my, my issue, and I'm just going to be like a, a sassy motherfucker here and say, you know, why don't we ever ask straight people, how does your straightness affect your oh music? Oh my God, yes! <laughs> I want to know because like, that's the default setting. Exactly. It doesn't require any right. Like they never have to be self-conscious or self-aware of their own sexuality. They just get to live. And oh God, it was so funny. I was speaking with a family member who shall not be named, who said, <laughs> who was also who's proud of me for brown rice. You know, he understood Huffington Post was a big deal. Was like right there. Uh, the headline for brown rice was right below Neil deGrasse Tyson, and you know that was major coming from an academic family. So they knew that it was going somewhere. They just were, you know, maybe mildly embarrassed by you know the graphic sex and the graphic drugs, or who knows. But I think overall, this particular family member's concerns were more along the lines of those those two major gripes that I get, or two major like quote unquote warnings that I get. And he said, you know, you got this other song, which is also on Serving Body. It's a big crowd favorite. People stomp and clap along. It's anthemic. It's called We All Moved to Brooklyn. Right? It's about, he was like, you know, songs like We All Moved to Brooklyn. That's like sex neutral. Like, that's not obviously gay. Like, you know, why not Why not do more stuff like that? And I'm like, well, first of all, homosexuality and queerness is at least 11% of the population. And that's self-reported. <laughs> yeah, like, Brooklyn is Meanwhile, like, gay. Brooklyn is one city in the whole world. And I'm also talking about the very specific phenomenon of gentrification in this era. Like, it's crazy that we're so internally homophobic that we we think that something hyper-specific is more relatable than something that's human fucking nature throughout the ages, literally at anywhere you go. How do you define your gender? Um, dragon. I love that. Yeah. Because what I love about dragons, yeah. Because what I love about dragons is that, you know, they're, I'm just, I just am one. Um, you know, that's, you don't Breathe never... Breathe fire. S- yeah. Oh, the haters. Yeah, I mean, 
Yeah, I mean, I I have a penis and I don't know what dragons have. But in terms of just the energy, strong, sleek, kind of both feminine and masculine at the same time, like kind of shady and, and, and dark and crazy and also wondrous and majestic and weirdly generous of spirit and... You know, I, it's just dragon for me all the way through. It's kind of sl- slinky but menacing. Yeah. My first crush was on Maleficent. Word. <laughs> Word. <laughs> She's got some dragon energy. I mean, feel she feels she has really like predatory bird energy, which maybe for me is a little. That's a little spooky. Mm-hmm. Like I think dragon dragons are sort of more earthy and fiery and kind of like warm. You know, I think Smaug gets a bad rep. Because cause this little hobbit bitch came into his home without asking, tries to steal his shit, and, like, thinks he's going to get away with it. No, thank you. Smog is not out here terrorizing the village people on a daily basis. He just got provoked a little too much um, by an entitled colonizer. So, I don't know. I just, I relate to dragons everywhere. Maleficent, I don't know. I don't know her. She's a little, she spooks me a little bit. Uh, I love the the yeah. horns. I love when she turns into a dragon at the end. Yeah, oh, that's true. She does literally turn into a dragon <laughs> at the end. Yeah. Yeah. I guess that. Yeah. But no, she's, she's very like I, I like a cat bird dragon mix. Cool. Yeah. Word. I. Yeah. The kind of sphinxy griffiny. Yes. Yeah. I work it. I think that queer people, queer people exploring mythological beasts. That's going to be my next project. Is I've been planning this for a long time, and I can't speak about it too much. But um, <laughs> my next project is hopefully a full length and has a lot to do with mythological beasts. And every single song is associated with a different mythological beast. And um, and do you tie that into gender and sexuality? I mean, not in an odd. I don't spell it out for you. Clearly, but um, yeah. But I, don't I think feel your like music would. Yeah, I mean, I feel like. I feel like the connection is natural and obvious because so many, if you put it this way, if you're straight or you identify as straight and that, what that means is you haven't ever questioned your sexuality, which as we've said, is can be, can be a nice break from neuroses and shame and PTSD and anxiety and like relentless self-questioning and all that. But at the same time, if you've never questioned it, then maybe you've never really found your nature. Or maybe you've never, if you haven't had to push at the barriers and the seams of your desires and negotiate your your impulses. Because I, I'm just going to go ahead and say that, like, there, even if you're only attracted to the opposite sex, you've got something weird in you. There's something, some flaw you want back or some claw you, that you got to retract. I'm quoting one of the songs from the upcoming record is called <laughs> I Want My Flaws Back. And it's about kind of accessing this beast within you that's uniquely you. And the reason why it's a beast, of course, is that it's separate from the girdles of society and the constraints that we get boxed into. And also the fact that it's not zoologically something that we can physically take in captivity and dissect and experiment on or abuse these mythological beasts they're they're free since we don't we don't have the corpses we can give them more life and more power they're ideas yeah. more than beings they're fe- for me they're they're not just ideas i'm oh. very physical person and okay. very sen- sensual and kinesthetic for me they are embodiments they are energies so when kanye tweet you know when kanye talks some bullshit about 
slavery on TMZ, obviously he, you know, made some mistakes. But when he tweeted Dragon Energy, we are not to make fun of him for that. That was real. That was gorgeous. Dragon Energy, it's it's real. There's mythological energy that's palpable. You can feel someone's energy when they move. Like if you've seen an amazing dancer, if you've heard incredibly moving music, there's also if you see a queer person, you're like, I don't know what that is. It's kind of like masculine. It's kind of feminine. It's turning me on. I don't know what to do with it. I don't know what it wants to do with me. These are all magical energies that are not ideas. They're embodied physical waves and they're so exciting and you'll never be able to receive or appreciate it in yourself or in other people if you're only got your nose in the books about what is taxonomically available or possible. Um, you know, just because it hasn't been found, dissected, abused, and taxonomized doesn't mean it's not real and pulsing through your society. So I think I know where your answer is going to go with this, but <laughs> I'm curious, <laughs> what is gender more broadly yeah. or a more specific question of like, how many genders are there? Eh? I mean, again, like, I know you know what I'm going to say, which is that it's not an ice cream store, you know? It's, like, make your own damn ice cream. Like, be a creator. Like, tell tell them what you are. Oh, gender ice cream. See, that's why I wanted to ask that. I knew you'd say something really cool. <laughs> like, I know what it's going to be along the lines of, but I, I mean, don't know if, specifically Like, if I don't make ice cream, that's like a... I admire people who are artisanally, <laughs> like, adept in that particular field. Ice cream is a wonderful thing. If I were to, like, make an ice cream, I think it would probably be a totally different ice cream than, than anyone's ever had. I think there'd be, like, crystallized ghost peppers. Mm, just, <laughs> you know what I mean? Just sugary gold, mm. like, insane. Like sweet at first and then spicy. Makes you doula your duende kind of hot ghost pepper spice, but, like crystallized and then the the base would be like an apricot liqueur i mean you know what i mean mm. i would just go for something that came purely from my sensation and not from like tradition and sure That's and the so build cool. the building blocks why don't you tell us about okay. the song we'll have at the end of the show everybody should just listen to all of serving body because there's six songs and they're all how can you choose among your children they're all so beautiful I Don't Want to Find the One is kind of the hit, for lack of a better word. It's the one that Spotify chose recently on its Spotify curated playlist. It's it's a bop, you know, straight BPM, uh, five chords, but like weird five chords. So you never know what key you're in. That's a chic one. Brown Rice is a more contemplative moment, but I'd recommend watching the video with that since it really adds layers. And Love for a Limited Time Only. Cool. Yeah, yeah. tell us a little bit about that one then. Ooh. Love for a Limited Time Only is... Just a gorgeous fucking song. Yeah. Cool. It's really rich and sensual and uh, it'll make you cry. But it, it's got a swag to it, too. I love music that, like, goes really hard and thrusts itself in you, but also it kind of, like, strokes your third eye and, like, kisses you softly and sends angels to, like, little angel birds to do your hair. And I think Left for a Limit Time only is both. That sounds like the best sex. Yeah, it's really, it's really. Uh, listen, I have had no complaints. So with music or sex, or both, <laughs> they're kind of the same thing. Music and sex at the same time, I recommend. Right? <laughs> I mean, they're kind of. And if you're not having sex like I do, like you can let the music have sex 
with you. Oh, yeah. I feel like when I listen to a great song, I'm just getting like, uh, it's, it's arousing, pen- yeah. penetrating my whole body, my being, my vibration is like, I let myself basically have full body orgasms walking in the park in the subway listening to songs that I love. Do you have any shows coming up that you would like to tell us about? Yeah, I'm not too far away. I'm playing Spectrum, which um, Spectrum NYC, not the gay dance club, the one with the big Steinway grand piano. You know what I'm talking about? Um, Where we actually shot the piano scene from Brown Rice. I'm doing a cabaret variety performance there. That's August 23rd in the evening. Everyone has to come. And then after that, I will be taking a hiatus from performing, which is very unusual for me. And I will just be recording a lot and making a lot of things that you'll see at some later point. And here, at some undisclosed later date. (laughs) I'm very excited for this. That's the mythological? Yeah. Potentially? Yeah. No, definitely mythological. This will be, this will be dragon, phoenix, barracuda sex. Yeah. Dragon, Phoenix, makes me think Barracuda about, sex. Um, yeah. Which opens your heart. It'll open your heart. It's, a, it's all heart openers. They just they have to start down there first. Thank <laughs> you so much for coming on today yeah, and taking the time out of your busy me. schedule. And I look forward to all of your, seeing all of your really awesome things that are coming up. Thank you. Yeah, Nadi, it was super amazing having you. This is such a fun interview. And on that, we will cue the music. Stuck in the modem You got your hips through Boys are so boned up With the gazes Saying I'm on fire But does it get better Now that the lights No longer shy way in the winter And is it worse Than worse or for better If you don't know by now Then I must be when must go back to this same day of the last year I had counted the waves from the windows get down sing it out the wheeze bowl them over cause this is love for a limited time only ah it's always someone else's mess that pays for our Kaufman pours us some copies Miss Baker's inventing fiancés I never know which one to pity When I've got a short supply And it runs so dear Would you be an angel? Hand me that pendant With the vintage dimples And tell me now Is that not a woman? If you don't know by now Then I 
must be going, must go back to the same day of the last year. I had counted a string of October's. Get down, sing it out, Louise, pull them over. Cause this is love of a limited time only. Ah, uh, ah, uh, it's always someone else's mess. That pays for our oozes now. Her voice is thick, full of money, rich with melody. Old money is full of dying, full of dying money. Money is sticky like the syrup from its chase. But I'm still stuck in a Cue the music is produced by Katie Bishop and Shia Cardona, with mixing and engineering help from Tom Lee. Show music composed by Katie Bishop. And this show is recorded at Threadbare Music in Long Island City in Queens, New York. You can find Shia online at patriciacardonaflute.wordpress.com and on Instagram at queerflota2018. Katie can be found at thequeercomposer.com and on Instagram at femkatie. Threadbare Music is online at threadbaremusic.com and on Instagram at threadbaremusicnyc. Our guest this episode was Naughty Vogel, and you can find him at twitter.com slash naughtyvogel, instagram.com slash naughtyvogel, and facebook.com slash music. Perfect. And on September 1st, Katie and Shia are putting on a show in Brooklyn at The Hive at 20 Cook Street. It's Saturday, the 1st of September at 8 p.m. Check our show notes for more information. That's it for Cue the Music. See you next time. Let's get close, Mike.